Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about the latest case of progressive cannibalism. Now, it's a proven fact that the left, as a general whole, or collective, to use a term they'd probably like, is now drastically further left than they used to be. A leftist nowadays is more likely to be a radical than just 15 or even 10 years ago. And no, that's not me saying this because I'm on the right. They've actually done studies on this, okay? It is known. And what this means is that the political and social discourse has changed pretty dang quickly. Things that would have been considered super far left and progressive during, let's say, Obama's first term are now failing to pass the new standards of progressivism. And there's no better example of this than the overall reception to the new pro-migrant novel, American Dirt. That's what we'll be going over, but first I have a quick update on impeachment from the folks over at FreedomWorks. Nancy Pelosi has finally released her sham impeachment articles. And that means President Trump's fate now rests in the hands of the Senate. And it's true that Republicans control the Senate, but think about it. Can you really trust moderates like Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins? Murkowski and Collins voted to save Obamacare. And Romney, do nothing flip-flop Mitt Romney, has done nothing in the Senate but attack the president. Thankfully, my friends over at FreedomWorks are launching a massive grassroots campaign to pressure these rhinos and the rest of the Senate to acquit President Trump. And if you'd like to help them do that, please text Lauren, that's my name, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, to 41490 to sign their petition now. We all know this has been nothing but a partisan witch hunt from the beginning. And after wasting months of your time and tax dollars, by the way, the Democrats still have nothing on President Trump. That's why I'm encouraging you, begging you to text Lauren to 41490. Don't wait until November to get involved in politics. Do something right now and sign FreedomWorks petition demanding the Senate acquit President Trump immediately. So one of the areas in politics where it's easiest to see that significant portions of the left have indeed become radicalized is on the issue of immigration. Historically, and again by historically, I mean I mean like 15 years ago, saying that countries cannot possibly accept an unlimited number of immigrants, that countries should be able to choose what immigrants they get based on things like skills and values, and that immigrants should come in legally, none of that was considered controversial. But now, now, the Democratic Party leadership has essentially embraced open borders. What? Nah, they don't support open borders. That's just a partisan lie. Okay, then, so name one immigration or border control policy that they do support. Yep. That's what I thought. And in pop culture, it seems like every other movie or TV show has some shoehorn storyline about how amazing migrants are and how native-born people can also be amazing but only insofar as they advocate for letting in migrants. Considering all that, it really didn't surprise me when I heard that Oprah's book club was now featuring the novel American Dirt, which has literally been called a pro-immigration social justice thriller, which seems like very niche marketing to me. And by the way, in case anyone was curious, uh, no, I do not follow Oprah. It's just, I feel like if you're on the internet at some point or another, you, you will see stuff about her. It's not like I was actively looking out Oprah-related content, it's just, it, it was there. From the very first sentence, the one of the very first bullets comes in through the open window above the toilet where Luca is standing. 
I was in. I was in from the very first sentence. We should say this book is receiving critical acclaim for its powerful portrayal of a migrant's journey across the border to the U.S. It focuses on the story of Lydia, a mother who escapes from Mexico with her son after surviving a brutal attack by a drug cartel. All right. So a progressive book about how a mom and her son had to rough it in Mexico and wanted to come to the U.S. So therefore, I guess we should just demolish borders, I suppose. I mean, that sounds reasonable to me because this, this person made an emotional argument for it. So clearly, we should base all of our policy around that. But yeah, this novel really doesn't interest me personally, and I wasn't at all surprised that some people in the media were eating it up. But then I started seeing some questionable headlines that led me to believe, hey, maybe this book wasn't being met with universal acclaim. NPR reported that, quote, Left Bank Books cancels event with controversial American Dirt author Janine Cummins. And according to NBC News, Salma Hayek apologized for promoting the book without actually reading it. It's written that the Mexican actress said she rushed into sharing my excitement after Oprah chose the novel for her book club and that she was unaware of controversy around the book. That's kind of weird, right? Because from the book's description, and just so you know, I am not reading this thing. It almost seems like it could be considered propaganda for the usual pro-migrant open borders agenda or for La Raza. You know, one of the racial identitarian groups that the left actually is okay with. But I was wondering, why is this author considered controversial? Why are events for the book being canceled? Why does Selma Hayek have to apologize just for talking about this book? <laughs> well, as it turns out, the problem here is that the author is white. Yeah, whiteness is literally the problem. Janine Cummins, the lady who wrote this super progressive, pro-migrant, female protagonist-having novel is, as it so happens, a person of pallor. And because we're living in a society where it's now okay to tell people what they can say, wear, or write about based on the color of their skin, her writing a book about non-white people from a different country is apparently something worth freaking out about. Freaking out a lot. About. And it's actually kind of funny because during that interview I saw with Oprah Winfrey, Cummins was asked about why she wanted to write this particular story considering that she's a white American. And at the time, I thought that was, I don't know, vastly inappropriate. So if you're from Africa, why are you white? Oh my god, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. But that was before I remembered, oh yeah, it's it's 2020. This This is a thing. We do now. Even you were first worried that you had no business writing this book. You felt compelled, yet unqualified. Right. Why? Yeah. Well, you know. Because it's a migrant story. It is a migrant story. Involving Mexico. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I wanted to write about immigration. Um, I was interested in that topic, and I, I wasn't, I resisted for a very long time telling the story from a migrant's point of view because I was worried that I that I didn't know enough, that my privilege would make me blind to certain truths. I wrote this story because it's something that I'm interested in is a perfectly valid reason to write something, in my opinion. What other justification do you need for writing a novel other than because I wanted to? See, personally, I don't think Cummins needed to say anything other than that, but because she's clearly a good white progressive, she went even further. Look, I felt very compelled, and it was five years of research, and two failed drafts that convinced me that I needed to go into Lydia's point of view. And there was a point very early on in that research where I was speaking with a, a very generous scholar, a woman who was chair of the Chicano Studies Department at San, San Diego State University at the time. And she said to me, I, I expressed my concerns about this. And she said, 
Janine, we need every voice we can get telling this story. See, she even got permission to write this novel from a non-white person. What, what an amazing ally, right? No, according to the gatekeepers online, not good enough. As one user wrote upon the book's release, today, 2020's most anticipated turd of a book drops, American Dirt. Please read a book that won't lead to the death of Morassa instead. Read something told in our own voices. Wow, accusations of literally causing death from the way these people are talking, you would think this book was almost as bad as Jordan Peterson's. Someone else posted, for white people in the publishing industry. That goes for writers, editors, agents, publicists, and the like. The debacle of American Dirt happens because you don't lift up POC voices. You find tokens that satiate your appetite for our suffering. I know our blood cells, but Jesus. Another post read, quote, I truly cannot get over the author of American Dirt's husband, who she touted as being undocumented until they married being Irish. Yeah, freaking white people, right? Trying to act as if immigration matters affect them too, as if we don't all already know that being white gives you automatic citizenship in the United States because that's what Trump wants. And finally, one poster chastised Janine Cummins for being on, quote, some real colonizer BS. Her crime? On writing the book, she apparently said, quote, I wish someone slightly browner than me would write it. But then I thought, if you're a person who has the capacity to be a bridge, why not be a bridge? So I began. Who the hell does this lady think she is? Trying to raise awareness, make people care about an issue near and dear to her heart by telling a moving story that many people can relate to? Reeks of white privilege. And we have so much more to go over, but first, I need to tell you guys about Grove Collaborative. 70% of people say they want to use natural products, but only 2% actually do. So where do you start? Introducing Grove Collaborative. Grove Collaborative is the online marketplace that delivers all-natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Plus, Grove also takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Now, personally, I'm not someone who has a ton of free time, and even when I do, frankly, I don't really like spending it at the grocery store. But with Grove, you don't have to shop at multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for yourself and your family. Plus, in addition to their own line of amazing products, Grove also carries brands that you likely already know and love. And they have them at prices that can be even cheaper than at the grocery store, and shipping is free and fast on your first order. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash Lauren, you will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer and Grove, a $30 value. So go to grove.co slash Lauren to get this exclusive cleaning offer. Again, that's grove.co slash Lauren. People being mad that this author wasn't brown enough aside, all this controversy really made me curious about what this book actually says. Like, what is it actually like? Because even though I'm positive most of the people angrily writing about this book haven't actually read it because this is the internet, that's the thing people do now, complain about things that they haven't actually watched, seen, or read. There were a few more temperate voices saying, well, yes, I suppose anyone can write about whatever they want, but it's the content of the book that's problematic. So I found some actual reviews of the book to see what was up, and oh boy, 
were they salty? As David Schmidt wrote in his essay about the novel, if English-speaking readers assume that this novel accurately depicts the realities of Mexico and migration, it will only further the cause of disinformation and prejudice. And in this day and age, we can't afford any more of that. Wow, people are really writing about this book as if it's some modern-day Mein Kampf against migration. I wonder what atrocities are contained within its pages. Enlighten me, David. Please. As David writes, this book is riddled with gross misrepresentations of its subjects. Despite Cummins' claims to have been careful and deliberate in my research, she failed to research how to spell her main character's names. The surname Quijano has not been spelled with an X since medieval Spain, and the correct Spanish version of the name Luke is Lucas. Okay, aside from the fact that both Luca and Lucas are Hispanic boys' names, I, I actually looked it up, they're, they're both names, perhaps David is just easing us in to how racist and problematic this novel is. And just, would this person have been less upset if she had named the kid something quintessentially and stereotypically Mexican, like Jose or Juan or Jesus? Because I have a feeling that the answer is no he'd still be mad. David also complains that, quote, Cummins sprinkles in the most stereotypical cultural fetishes that Americans associate with Mexico. Quinceanera dresses, Day of the Dead celebrations, concha sweetbread rolls, grilled carne asada. Ah, too many Mexican stereotypes in this book set in Mexico. Big mistake. But then David also laments that ostensibly Mexican characters eat typical American cuisine that is foreign to much of Mexico. Sticky and sweet barbecue sauce, black licorice drops, tacos with heavy sour cream. They think in terms of Anglo-American cultural references. Ugh, not Mexican enough. So annoying. Does this author just think that, what, Mexicans, specifically those around the border, I'm presuming, can just, like, eat American food and, like, be familiar with American culture? <sighs> Don't be crazy. And in a similar display of contradicting himself, David also writes, Mexico is depicted as a one-dimensional nation, irredeemably corrupt and violent, while the United States of American dirt is a fantasy land, a country free of gun violence, hate groups, and organized crime. While the book ostensibly looks like someone had a word of the day, pushes a progressive message, it drives home a very Trumpist myth. Crime and violence are Mexican problems. Meanwhile, the supposedly Mexican characters react to Mexico's problems as a naive foreigner would. When Javier visits Lydia's bookstore, the woman is shocked to learn that this Natalie-dressed man with fearsome bodyguards is, oh my stars, involved in organized crime. How dare she portray Mexico as being full of crime and violence? How dare her supposedly Mexican characters not know that Mexico is full of crime and violence? I thought that part was especially funny because those are things we actually hear in the real immigration debate all the time. You're cold and heartless if you reject refugees who are fleeing death and poverty in Mexico. But also, you're a racist for suggesting that death and poverty are problems in Mexico. In any case though, I read David's essay in its entirety and to me at least it mostly just seemed like nitpicks, which hey, nitpicking things can still be valid criticism, I'm not saying otherwise. I just don't really see how we go from nitpicking to this book makes prejudice against immigrants worse and it could potentially also kill them. Like it just, it seems 
like quite the jump. But in an equally confusing take, the article A Night of White Empathy at a Reading for American Dirt explains that it is clear from the first chapter that Cummins had a white audience in mind when writing the story of her protagonist Lydia. Lydia and her husband are upper middle class citizens of Mexico with jobs that would be deemed respectable to an American audience. Lydia is a business owner and her husband is a reporter. They are the good kinds of brown people. They speak excellent English. Mexico does have a middle class population. Heck, they even have an upper class population and they definitely have people who speak English there. I feel like if this author had portrayed the protagonist as being someone uneducated and super poor, then that would have been problematic in and of itself because it would have furthered the stereotype that all Mexicans are uneducated and poor. Look, I'm not here to defend this author. I'm not here to defend this book. I'm not gonna say it's perfect. And you know what? I'm not even gonna say it's good because again, no plans to read it. But what's so funny to me is that here you have this huge successful book touting a progressive message that seems to be at least entertaining enough to get people interested in it and hey, maybe by extension, interested in the topic of immigration as a whole from a progressive perspective to boot. But hey, to hell with that, right? Because the author is white. I'm not saying there aren't legitimate criticisms of this book, I'm sure there are, but I just, I doubt this novel would be under this much scrutiny if the author was ethnically Mexican herself, even if she was still just an American-born Anglophone. And like I mentioned, most of the people complaining probably haven't even read the book, so no, you can't say this is just about content. I think the moral of the story here is that if you are a white progressive, the thing your movement really wants you to do, the way they think you can really help the most, is by sitting down and shutting up. And I don't mean to sound mean and to clarify, I'm not the one saying this, but seriously, if you are a white progressive, especially if you're straight and heaven forbid, a man, just shut your mouth and remove yourself from the conversation because you talking, regardless of what you're saying, is in fact taking up space that could instead be going to someone browner, gayer, or woman identifying her than you are. And we see this in other areas of discourse too. Bernie Sanders has been a champion for progressive policies longer than most of these new woke activists have even been alive. But he's still being slandered as a sexist during his campaign, and people like Warren supporters have unironically asked him, well, if you really think a woman can be president, then why are you running against one? And there was also that time last year when a woman's march in California actually needed to be canceled because it was too white. Because Apparently, white people can't advocate for progressive policies toward women now. It's just too much whiteness. That's pretty much all I have to say, though, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Does someone like Janine Cummins have any place telling a story like American Dirt? Why or why not? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.